0: Hey, chiropractors, welcome to Modern Chiropractic Mastery with your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing, business, and professional growth with some of the leading experts in the industry. Welcome to another episode of Modern Chiropractic Mastery. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, and today I'm bringing an interview with a longtime coaching client of ours, Dr. Keith Yoho, and we're gonna dive into um, a lot of really cool, vision ideas for what they've done with their practice at Total Performance Clinic. And it's uh, something that's been cool to see. You know, we talk a lot about uh, planning and vision and, you know, whether you're talking about traction or EOS, but having a clear vision and then having meetings and strategies around that to actually implement it. And I wanted to bring Keith on this show because uh, the clinic he is part of and is partners with has really done that. And they have quite a vision. They've had quite a substantial amount of growth and it's not by accident. and they've got some you know really big, big ideas that they want to accomplish over the coming years. and we dive into some of that and how you can achieve your goals. but then also some we break down some of the meetings and the structure of the meetings they have and you know the fact that they're yearly meeting now because they've grown and they've got quite a team and they've got a lot of decision makers has become like a three-day event for them once a year. And so we dive into how to create a vision, how to have meetings and trainings to implement the steps within that vision, and honestly, how to think big and and achieve it. And so it was a great interview. It's been a pleasure to get to know and work with Keith directly for a few years now and to see the growth that they've had and that he's had as a professional. Uh, Before we dive into that interview, I do have an opportunity for you to get a free lesson from CSA, you know, the Chiropractic Success Academy, myself and Dr. Bobby i have put that on. Uh, we're rolling up on six years this July that we've had CSA and it's been something that's been uh, growing and ultimately uh, helping a lot of chiropractors out. And we have the Double Your Revenue Challenge. We're giving you a free lesson to start out with and you can go from there. You can go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot forward slash CSA challenge. That's bit.ly forward slash CSA challenge. You can go to csacircle.com if you want to see more about the Chiropractic Success Academy. It's only $99 a month. It's month to month, and you get a ton of great information. It's guided for you to help you grow your practice. Without further ado, here's my interview with Dr. Keith Yoho. All right, welcome to the show, Keith. I really appreciate your time today. Uh, I'm excited to bring someone in that's you know really in the trenches of a clinic uh, really doing big things. and we're going to get kind of the history of the clinic, the the current and what you're offering and and then what the future looks like and then some of the things around that to actually turn a vision into reality. And so uh, welcome to the show, Keith. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So just give us a little background. tell us tell us about yourself personally, professionally, and then we'll go in.
1: Yeah, so my background is I grew up in athletics, swimming, all of those kinds of things, Uh, went through some injury issues as a swimmer, injury issues as a professional triathlete as well, and I really enjoyed that side of things and went on to uh, do some college swim coaching, Uh, had more questions than answers, especially once I went to the coaching side of things. and. Uh, more frustrations on not being able to get people's bodies to move and do some of the, the things that we are trying to do, despite some of the working under some of the best coaches in the world. And uh, that kind of led me down the rabbit hole of understanding, wanting to understand more about human physiology, and biomechanics, all that kind of stuff. And uh, naturally the injury route, uh, and then more of the conservative musculoskeletal health route. So, yeah, I went, out, went to chiropractic school at Logan, and then uh, when I came out, I started my own practice in Southern Oregon, and a few years later, I joined in with uh, some of my good buddies that ended up having a practice right down the street. So, we've been working together since then. Uh, then yeah. that was 2020 that I joined in with them.
0: Perfect. So we're going to dive into that for sure. Uh, Give us a little bit of background on some of the things you're doing. I know you do DNS, but what are some of the certifications and some of your thought processes on the care you're providing?
1: Yeah, so I, uh, my mentor back in Houston was a big ART SFMA guy. So he uh, recommended that I actually leave that area and go somewhere that I can actually have access to more continuing education. So that's why I ended up going to school in the Midwest rather than staying in Houston. Just So I was able to travel to a lot of different courses and things like that on my weekends while I was in Cairo school. And I think I actually spent close to 30 grand on continuing education before I had my diploma. Um, but, yeah, it's been a lot of. DNS coursework and I was able to go to Prague this past year and mm-hmm. take the DNSD course and it was actually at the DNS manual therapy course this past weekend down in San Diego. Um, but yeah, so it's been very heavy on the DNS side of things, very heavy on uh, MPI, is really largely the background for how I look at a lot of my adjusting skills and manipulation. Um, and then, yeah, I've got the ART background, uh, SFMA the uh i mean you name it uh, the frc frs guys have taken coursework with them so it's been a lot of different different ones with the neurodynamics kind of across the board the the whole gamut of like hey we need to be able to move joints we need to be able to move muscles we need to be able to get muscles to to learn how to activate but we also need the from the dns principles a lot of it is learning how to activate with elongation with eccentric activation to control uh, control more of that joint positioning and, and all those kinds of things. And then obviously we need to be able to move some nerves. Mm -hmm. So blending all of those things together to uh,
0: try and take a a broader approach at what each patient might need. Perfect. I love it. And then, um, your, your, your clinic setting now has, has allowed for, uh, you know, for you to really implement that. And I know the other providers are, and, and you've got the performance side of things as well so you got trainers on that aspect uh tell us where you're where the clinic's located now uh tell us a little bit about the the main clinic and then some of the growth from there but let's just start with where you're at and what the clinic looks like now give us an inside view of it yeah so
1: right now we have two locations our primary location is in grants pass oregon uh so we're about four hours south of portland um that location is about seven thousand, just over seven thousand square feet. Uh, three thousand, a little over three thousand of that is a an actual open gym space that we use for rehabilitation. And we also have uh, two personal trainers that do guided group uh, training classes, and we primarily use the uh, CFSC uh, certified functional strength coach uh, structure for a lot of that training so inspiration from Mike Boyle and and his crew. Uh, so that's a, that's a great program. It helps us with, you know, being able to have a small group training class where the, the workouts are really toned to the capability of each individual. So like I walked in there the other day and we had, my parents were training at the same time as a high school athlete. So they might be doing a similar, you know, uh, Oh, like upper extremity horizontal push type movement, but it just looks different from what my parents are doing versus the athletes. So based off of their capabilities in that grouping of, of, you know, of movement. So horizontal push is one kind of movement. Uh, horizontal pull is a different one. So they're just doing different variations of the same kinds of movements that the body needs to have. So that's kind of how we structure a lot of the, uh, the gym side of things. And then, in that clinic, we have chiropractors, physical therapists, massage therapists as well. Um, we have one physical therapist, and then we just started, uh, we have a physical therapy assistant that just started this month, and we have another one starting up next month. So that that's all getting going there. And uh, we also have a satellite clinic in Cave Junction. So it's uh, halfway out to the Oregon coast from our Grants Pass office and it's a much smaller location, much smaller community. Uh, so it's about uh, between 1600 and 2000 square feet and we have mm-hmm. chiropractic massage and physical therapy out there as well.
0: Nice. And then how long uh, have the doctors all I know there's there's multiple but when did this let's just say this clinic what year roughly did it get started? Oh, gosh.
1: So Scott Thorson was the, uh, he's the original owner of this practice. Mm-hmm. and he started this practice about 25 years ago. So mm-hmm. that's very well established, uh, practice in the community. And he's had a presence in our, in the Cape junction area, as well as grants pass for uh, about the past 20 years.
0: Yep. And then how many are you now, as far as the chiropractors that are really working towards growing this?
1: Yeah. So we have four owners. Uh, mm-hmm. myself, Scott Thorson is the original owner. And then uh, Nick Baker and Nate Baker are uh, my two other business partners. Mm-hmm. So that's the the four of us. And then we also have uh, two younger docs, younger Kairos that have been out. Uh, one of them just joined us this past fall. And then the other one joined us in the fall of 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have scott thorson's son shell is our physical therapist and he's been with us for about a year and a half
0: nice and that's yeah i wanted to set the context and like this didn't happen overnight (laughs) it was uh you know definitely a lot of, of of years and planning and building uh but for our audience no matter where you're at you know it's take one week by one week one year by one year and you start to build something that's uh cool Let's take a break from today's episode and announce our first sponsor. This is gonna be Propel Marketing and Design. I've known Darcy Sullivan for years. We've worked hand in hand on my websites. So I don't trust anybody else uh, to do this search engine optimization. She does a great job. There's there's so much to it. A lot of, a lot of the lingo and the words are beyond my uh, comprehension, but it's just amazing work that she does. And if you're really gonna get results with Google, you have to make sure your website is SEO optimized. And I really don't want you doing it yourself as a chiropractor so you, you just have to have this type of stuff done and if you're looking to get more organic online traffic that pulls in new patients propel marketing and design is currently offering chiropractors who listen to this podcast a free seo website review the free review will help you uncover methods that will improve your website and boost your search engine visibility Head over to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor and schedule your free SEO website review. You won't regret it. She gets great results. Your website needs this. Your search results need this. Head on over there to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor to get your free SEO website review. One of the things that I've admired with what you guys are doing, I've gotten to know you over the last couple of years working with you. Um, was the the vision and then what you're actually doing to to achieve that vision. Because a lot of people dream, a lot of chiropractors want and and desire certain practices, but they don't really set a clear vision and they definitely don't take the action steps. So um, can you provide us what, however time frame you want to give us, whether it's five, 10 years, but, but what's the ultimate vision of, of what you guys are trying to accomplish?
1: Yeah, and so... The vision is there. Are a couple of aspects of it. The one thing that uh, it's kind of hit me on the head here. The, uh, is that probably two years ago, almost was talking to some friends that work at some of the universities and particularly at Parker. You know, I was talking to Cody and Marion D and, uh, and They're like, yeah, you know, we have two, three hundred kids that are onboarding students that are onboarding in a year or in this this next uh, trimester. And I'm like, holy shit. Like we don't have jobs for these people and we can't do a ton, no matter how big we grow the practice, like goodness, like trying to just help to create some of those jobs. Like me graduating in 2016, it was a pain in the ass to open my own, my own office. But a lot of these, a lot of these young grads are forced that route because we don't have enough good jobs in the profession so for us, that's part of the big the big goal for us is so that young docs can actually be able to come in and, and work and be able to grow some experience and those kinds of things and not be forced into starting their own practices. So for us, we're really looking at trying to grow our locations and to really throughout the state of Oregon. Um, and when we start looking out along that 10-year horizon, yeah, we wanna have several practices across the entire state um, between, from Southern Oregon all the way up to Portland, out to Bend and to the coast. So it's not an easy task, especially when we start getting into that growth, the management side is is definitely a massive challenge. And uh, right now we're trying to work on here in the next year, opening up a third location to to work on figuring out some of those those bugs in the practice uh, and practice growth and see what we can do as far as being able to help provide more services. We need more conservative musculoskeletal care. Um, we need jobs for, for chiropractors and Oregon's a pretty damn good place to live. So, uh,
0: why not do it here? And your insurance reimbursement is pretty good there.
1: Yeah. It's much better than a lot of other States, uh, for sure. And I mean, for us, we do live in a a lower income community. Yeah. So, uh, we are quite reliant on a lot of the Medicaid side of things, but really for the way we were able to structure things that the reimbursements, not, not as bad as what you would expect in, in a lot of other States. Yeah. Um, and chiropractic is actually part of Medicaid in this state, unlike a lot of mm-hmm. other
0: States. Yeah, and that's something I always try to tell chiropractors when they're trying to create their vision of their practice. And they'll ask, you know, do I go cash or insurance? Like, you know, you you got to look at the state you're going to be in. And some states still pay well to be a network. Some like Florida are really bad. But then, a state like Florida, uh, personal injury pays like four x of what an insurance would pay, and it pays really well. So if you could build like one of the things we've done with our practices we're we're at a network um uh, the insurance just is so terrible down here uh but you know we get anywhere from 3 to 6 new auto cases a month and that pays really well and so our overall office visit averages increase so it's just, you got to look at the nuances of the state and and see where that potential growth is uh, on it so um i love it yeah,
1: the business strategy is completely different in each state uh, yeah. and it's also been dependent on your goals like for us if if we have the goal of being able to employ a bunch of chiropractors and physical therapists and PTAs and massage therapists and all of that, like we don't have the option of just being cash. The volume cannot be there. So there's all of those kinds of things that come into play.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned like the the business strategy is dependent a lot of times on the state potentially, or just how you want to things like if you, like you said if you want to be cash it's going to be hard to scale it very well um you know because what you end up seeing is like say how the joint has scaled cash is it's 39 bucks <laughs> you know it's hard to scale cash 85 a visit or 100 like whatever uh, so yeah you got to take those into consideration and and you know there's no right or wrong answer on what people want to do that's why i, I try to bring different types of people on the podcast to show different avenues and uh, you know, we haven't had someone on in a while that's uh, really trying to scale, um, you know, in a sense of, like you said, locations, but also for job opportunities, uh, you know, teaching opportunities and things of that nature, uh, really being kind of, a, you know, a professional development uh, aspect to your business for, for chiropractors. Is that, does that, is that accurate? I know, you know, I've talked a little bit about it, but do you see your group having a professional development aspect to it?
1: Yeah we already have some future plans on all of that kind of stuff as well. Um, and then the other aspect for us is that Western States is in the process of being able to allow, uh, students to leave Portland Mm -hmm. for a longer period of time. So we have our eyes on those kinds of things to help, uh, with the clinical development of students as well. And, um, there's some good docs up in Portland that have been doing that for a while, and we've had some talks with them as far as, ultimately, we wanna to get to the point that we can start collaborating with them, whether they have them for X amount of time, and then we can kind of carry on. We know a little bit of kind of having a unified curriculum um, so we can really keep the progression going with, with their development. And then, uh, yeah, and, and ultimately, like, School can only teach you so much of reality of what you want to practice. And there are so many different ways of practicing that we can help guide a little bit more in in that realm. The, the thing that's hard is like for us with trying to plan out business growth, business development, the admin side of things builds up a lot more. The practice management side of things and demand of that builds up a lot more. And, trying to cover overhead gets more challenging for a while. And then now we can start getting revenue in from other providers. And then that allows us to actually be able to take a little bit of a step back. Like today is my first day of only having a four day actual end clinic work week or my first week of that. So now mm-hmm. I'll be spending the rest of my day doing more of the administrative management side of things that we need to have to, to help support some of our growth and development. But then like, hundred percent. I want to be at that point where I can sit here and take some of the material that I learned at my DNS manual therapy course mm-hmm. and get some group training stuff and things like that really planned out and, mm-hmm. uh, and really work on that development for all of us. And that was, I totally missed that because I, I did a ton of that while I was in school, uh, with working with our R2P club. So did a ton of that teaching type of stuff. And that was really enjoyable for me. And I definitely want, that's something I definitely see us getting back to here in the, in the near future.
0: Yeah. No, that's, that's great. I think, And also, um,
1: man, like we, we also have like all the massage therapists and some of these and some of the PTAs PT assistants. And, you know, we function off of utilizing our chiropractic assistants for helping us with yeah. some of our rehab and all those kinds of things. So not just on the chiropractic side, but like getting our entire practice more in a, into a unified approach as well and unified mindset. And everyone has some different backgrounds and experiences. So, and, and just, just education levels. So really getting everyone on the same page would, would be as where we're, where we're trying to progress to that as well. And it'll help, it'll help, you know not just with our morale around the office and our ability mm-hmm. to communicate and work together but it will definitely help with our um, our outcomes and our, our uh, patient care and all those kinds of things too.
0: Let's take a short break for one of our great sponsors, TrackStat. It is a new type of software plugin for your EHR that combines patient communication, marketing, automation, and statistics with patient and employee tracking. Built by Chiropractors for Chiropractors, it shows your team what to focus on each day. See patient visit habits, missing information, unpaid bills, insurance collection visit average, and more. Great visibility of data so you can focus on filling your office with your best patients. When you can see what your staff and patients are doing or not doing and take action accordingly, your profits naturally grow. Take TrackStat for a test drive in your office with our free trial. Not a techie? No problem. We can help. To get started on your free trial, visit trackstat.org and watch the demo. That is trackstat.org. You guys have built a team. And, and one of the things that a lot of chiropractors have to build is their skill set around leadership. And, you know, you get out and if you open up your own practice at some point, it's typically a very small team, sometimes front desk and, and you, and then you add, and then as it gets more complex, you know, you need to build a team culture. You need to build uh, a leadership and management aspect. Uh, do you guys have an office manager, like an actual office manager at this point?
1: Yeah. So we have, we, we, had a office manager and then it was way too much. Yeah. So we separated her off to really the billing finance manager. Mm-hmm. And then we have an operations manager who does our operations in HR. And then yep. next month we actually have an assistant coming in to help take over some of both of their responsibilities mm-hmm. uh, as well.
0: That's perfect. That's, you see, know, it's
1: all the insurance that we're doing and, and she does all of our yeah. billing and things like that in house. And it gets very complicated. <laughs> so it, does. it does a lot of volume, a lot of that she has to be able to do and then yeah. keep up with all of the changes with some of the different insurance companies. And I mean, it's, it's hectic for her to, for her to be yeah. able to, to manage all that. So there's no way that at, at our point, like I mean, I think at our Christmas party we had like 28 employees. <laughs> like we're not she can't manage all of that by herself and then the onboarding of of new staff members yeah and, uh,
0: let me ask you a qu- question i'm not sure if you guys are doing this but i was recently at an art seminar and I, it was hosted at this um ortho pt group just massive in long island and the tons of locations I mean, the place was massive tons of physical therapists and one of the uh art instructors was one of the pts there and He's in a management role there. He's a physical therapist. He still treats some patients, but he is um, the manager, a sense, of the clinical team. And so he makes sure everybody is obviously functioning well and as as a team. Have you guys done that yet, whereas one of the providers becomes kind of the, uh, for lack of a better term, the manager of, of the clinical side?
1: Yeah, for sure. So we went through, I know I've talked to you about it. So we went through uh, traction Uh, So that's that book and a little bit of the information from traction is kind of how we've structured things. So we definitely have our organization start charter, Mm -hmm. we call it uh, the accountability chart. So we have Scott is our CEO and then uh, Nick Baker is our operations, our director of operations, Mm -hmm. which is really where a lot of the clinical stuff falls. Uh, and then, so with him, he's got his, the operations manager really falls under him. And then our physical therapist falls under him. And then, so he's also the head of our chiropractic branch. So yeah. ultimately uh, from a reporting standpoint, all of our providers really report to him on some of those things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, and a lot of that's really more of like, hey, okay, the function of the business, the logistics and those kinds of things. If a provider has questions about something, man, like it's just... Mm-hmm. We'll go talk to someone and be like, that actually sounds like a Nick question or Nick might be mm-hmm. like, that sounds like a Keith question. And so we just kind of have a little bit of our own specialties as we've developed in practice and, yeah. uh, our thought processes are all a little bit different mm-hmm. and that's, it's nice to have that diversity. So as far as from a, an actual clinical education standpoint and, and for the the younger providers or even some of the older providers who are like, what the hell is this? Like, what do you think about this? But that is a little bit more of a group effort. Yeah. But yeah, 100% on the administrative side, we we definitely have that parsed out.
0: Perfect. Let's take a short break from our episode and let me tell you about this awesome company I personally use in my clinic, and that is CairoUp. CairoUp isn't your average online platform, it's the brainchild of chiropractors, doctors Tim Bertelsmann and Brandon Steele. And it has grown to a community over 3000 of the best chiropractors in the world. I've actually worked with these guys before. And let me tell you, they're the real deal. ChiroUp is a goldmine of protocols from over 120 conditions. We deal with every day, all neatly packed into one online hub. Why does this matter? Because not only are you able to diagnose smarter and faster, but you can also get this information into the hands of your patients in just four clicks and they're 100% backed by evidence. How cool is that? But here's what really got me hooked. ChiroUp is all about stepping up the game in chiropractic care. I'm all for that, and I know you are too, because you're listening to this podcast. Seriously, if you haven't checked them out yet, drop everything and head to ChiroUp.com forward slash Christy. That's C-H-I-R-O-U-P forward slash C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E. You'll be able to set up a free 14-day account with no payment information needed. Once you see what's in there and fall in love with it, use the code CHRISTIE15 to save some cash. Start now and you'll thank me later. Trust me on this one. This code is valid for new subscribers only. Yeah. And so a couple of the big nuggets I wanted to get from, from talking to you, you know, one was the growth mindset and you, and you guys definitely have that, which I, which I love. And it it just allows you to realize, okay, yeah, like we want to get there. We don't necessarily know exactly how it's going to play out when we do it, but this, we feel comfortable that we will grow into that. Um, The, the second thing I wanted to really dive into is the traction meeting aspect, you know, we, we talk a lot about team meetings in our coaching programs, and I've kind of relied on you a little bit to help out on some of our coaching calls with that, because, you know, a lot of chiropractors have small teams. Like you mentioned 28 people at the Christmas party. That's not, that's not common. A lot of times it's two, three, four, five team members, and, and, and they're not doing any team meetings. And so we try to get them to do a quarterly team meeting, a yearly team meeting. We try to make it maybe three hours or a half day. But obviously with the vision being as big as yours is, the team being as big as yours is, the management uh, and leadership team being four or five people, uh, tell us what your big yearly meeting looks like to to really plan this out. And then people can kind of, you know, deconstruct from there a little bit.
1: Yeah, so we have uh, quarterly meetings, the... Within the quarterly meetings, are we have one that's designated as our annual meeting, and that's where we really go back to restructuring our uh, our ten year goal, our three year picture, our one year uh, our one year focus, and then getting into our from there. But then it can, goes into like, what do we need to do this quarter?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Every other quarter, we don't necessarily go back to restructuring the 10-year and the three-year goals and changing some of those things if we need to. And it's more of like, hey, where are we at from the last quarter? Where are we at as far as reaching that one-year goal? And it becomes a little bit uh, more targeted, a little bit more focused. Mm-hmm. So the annual meeting last this year it was four days. Uh, we left on a Thursday, got back on a Sunday. And then our quarterlies are Friday through Sunday, and we leave town every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just we need to have that separation so we can maintain a little bit more of that focus. And we come back from those meetings absolutely fried, but um, they're they're great meetings, and that's it's we would not have the structure, the growth that we do without it.
0: No way. Yeah, because so, so many people don't have a plan and what the traction meetings allow for and especially when you do it like you do where you really dive into things is you know like you mentioned kind of the quarterly rocks in a sense uh, something that traction talks about which are going to be your bigger ticket items you know if you're going to change your ehr in a quarter that would be a quarterly rock if you're going to completely revamp your website that would be that if you're going to try to hire and onboard a new chiropractor, that would be a rock, you know, and then you're gonna have your issues list where it's like, okay, uh, we're, we're, we're seeing that we're not having um, continuity of care between visits of patients, right, that might be an issues list, or the review reminder thing is not functioning well, (laughs) like these little things that happen, that's gonna be a little more issues list that you may be able to tackle um what are what are some of your thoughts on the difference between quarterly rocks and some of the issues list stuff?
1: so, and this is where it's it's nice for us having several people we have so we have five of us on our leadership team that go mm-hmm. to those meetings, the the four owners and then uh, shell our physical therapist. And we have projects and things that we need to accomplish in a shorter time frame to ultimately build up to that that one year goal mm-hmm. of what we we're trying to accomplish in that time frame. Mm-hmm. So this, this allows us to be like, Hey, uh, we are going through a server change. So Nick is helping, helping really lead that big rock project of the server change. And yeah. um, we've got some business plan work that myself and the uh, finance director are really working on with all of those kinds of things. So it's like, no, we have, these administrative roles that need to happen that are bigger picture, the issues Mm -hmm. list. And that's like, what needs to happen this week? What needs Mm -hmm. to happen in the next two or three weeks? Like the get it done now. Okay. All of the things that just naturally pop up in practice and in life that, Mm -hmm. that holds you back from more of daily function, daily operations. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing that is we're working on the, to, help us actually like so we have our our quarterly meetings but we have our weekly meetings as well with Mm -hmm. our leadership team every week five of us get together and and have our meeting that goes over largely the issues Mm -hmm. and then we briefly touch on the rocks and we're trying to get to where a lot of the issues are really handled more at the departmental level and -hmm. like this takes a while for us to be like hey we're still trying to figure out our like how we function in these different management roles, and we want to make sure that everyone's on the same page with this stuff. So we'd spend more time on some of those daily issues right now while we're really finalizing and and getting more comfortable in those those positions and roles. And then we can really, and hopefully in the next four, five, six months, uh, a lot of the issues are just not handled at the leadership team level. Yeah. Uh, that's our, one of our big goals and, um, we can trust people to handle shit, man. Like mm-hmm. get it done. We trust your experience, your knowledge. You have more information. Like some of the guys will ask me stuff. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I don't care. You have way more information on how to handle this, handle mm-hmm. it. Let me know what the decision is and how we need to move forward right on. Let's and then we can work to help each other more so on some of the rocks because it mm-hmm. definitely gets to the point where like the issues build up a ton to where the rocks kind of fall behind. And then sometimes it goes the other direction and yeah. it and wanes and all those kinds of things So like, oh, hey, we have uh, someone has a vacation and then you're getting back into the swing of things for a week or two um, as, and catching up from some of the admin stuff that happens while you're gone. So certain things fall off and then come yeah. back on and all that. So trying to, mm-hmm. trying to level out some of those things to be, and be a little yeah. bit more consistent. For sure. And I want
0: to, I want to touch on that a little bit. Um, what you said is, and I've, I've been having this conversation with some of my patients recently that are doing big things. I've got some patients that are just, uh, at high positions of, of corporations. And then uh, someone I I've read his books. I listen to his podcasts. is Cal Newport. He, he, um <laughs> he wrote the book, deep work. And to your point, what can happen is you get, you get so much inbound that it's hard to find the bandwidth and time to do the deep work to work on a project. So like, if we were to take the rocks, that's typically something that's going to take some heads down deep work from team members if we take the issues list, that's gonna also take some uh, bandwidth and head work. But then what ends up happening is we just get this continuous inbound of, of issues. And if we're not careful, that inbound of consistent issues and things and stuff that just comes into our inbox or patient issues or whatever, it, it eats away at our ability to really focus on the things that are gonna move the needle in our business, which are gonna be those rocks. And so mm-hmm. what Cal Newport would would really talk about and and have a plan with it is that you need to get ahead of your schedule and block off time for deep work and you know, maybe two, three, four hour blocks of time where you really to get all the distractions, like you're not in your inbox, your cell phone is in the other room, you're maybe you're listening to some music and you're pounding some things out. But as a clinic, and and I'm not just speaking to you, um, it's it's anybody is that you got to really focus have some focused time to work on those rocks and that way you can you know get the the ball rolling with it and not be overwhelmed with the inbounder. Are you guys seeing some of that where you could really try to carve out more time to focus on the growth rocks?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I I've that book's been on my radar for a long time, and I just ordered it while you were talking because uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a, I'm in the middle of that exact transition right now. so yeah. Um, since I joined the office in 2020, I've been doing two days at our satellite clinic in Cave mm-hmm. Junction, two and a half days working at our primary clinic in Grants, Pla- Grants Pass. And with some of the growth and development that we're working on, and and with also with some of the new providers that we have, like with that office being a smaller office, we've got four docs going, four chiropractors going out there for two to three mm-hmm. days each. Like no, like there's not enough volume to really support those number that number of providers out there. We don't need that many of us out there. So I've pulled back to where I'm only in our, uh, mm-hmm. our grants pass location and spending some time actually getting some deep work done. So today is day one of, of actually having some of that deep work time. Mm-hmm. Uh, previously I'd had my Wednesday mornings off and then like, okay, I've got our meeting on Wednesday mornings that I, that yeah. I go to and then I have my department level meeting with the referral coordinator and our operations mm-hmm. manager. And then I have my leadership team meeting. So it's like, I've got all three of those meetings. There's no time for, for me yep. to really get some of that deep work done to, to get some of the work on the rocks and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, thanks for reminding me about that book. And that's, that's, that's something that we are intentionally working on trying to yep. create and like it's it's really hard to step back from practice once you've been working in the business that much to step yeah. back and be able to work on the business. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, we're hundred percent in the middle of that transition and, and being yeah. able to get a little bit more of that deep work. So that is exactly what we are, what we're working on right now in this little bit of transition time
0: yeah, and you know, when I talk to a lot of my corporate employees, they run into the problem of meeting death by meeting, essentially. It's like constant meetings. It's constant emails. It's constant inbound, and no time to make productive work. as as chiropractors, it's it's typically we're just busy with patients. And then when we do have downtime, we got patient notes. and it mm-hmm. we, we kind of go back and forth between those two things, and we have all these other inbound things that we have to take care of and and we're never carving out the time to, to move the ball forward and, and having quarterly and yearly meetings that are impactful, like you guys are doing is very, very important, but you then have to have a in-between strategy, right? Like those three months in between meetings, we got to have a plan. You know, is it a weekly team meeting that's just centered around solving the issues? Do we have periodic meetings that address our updates on how we're progressing on the, on the quarterly rock? Do we have mm-hmm. time to sit down and work on our business, which would be hopefully those quarterly rocks. And if we don't do that, that's where we feel like we're uh, unfortunately spinning our wheels and we're not making progress forward. And I was listening to an interesting podcast interview. It was like Tony Robbins was on Ed Mylette, which is quite a dynamic duo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was them. And, and they were just talking about like where people feel like Success is happening or they're feeling really good about themselves and they're feeling good about where they're at is when they're seeing, when they're making progress, when they're working towards something, they're seeing progress. And when you don't is when you get frustrated, burned out, um, agitated, short with patients, short with team members, short with family members. And so if you get ahead of it and really have a great team meetings like you guys are doing, and then have a structure to move the ball forward with those things, I think it would not only improve your business but it would also improve your psyche
1: yeah well and so the the big thing about the meetings is also the accountability factor mm-hmm. um and that's that's fine like i have to do some meetings by myself and keep myself accountable to some of yep. my my tasks uh but like it's really that's one of the most important things for us with the meetings is mm-hmm to be able to discuss issues and and keep each other accountable as well. Sometimes like, especially when we get into that grind mode Mm -hmm. that we all fall into. Yeah. Like the accountability side of it gets tough. You're like, yep, no, we need that little bit of reality check. You're right. I did not get this thing done. Or sometimes things that end up on your to-do list aren't that important. So those, some things are like, no, this is not a priority. Why are we, been worrying about this right now i actually have a like so i'm on our one of our most recent level 10 leadership team meetings i have a lower priorities to-do list that's on mm-hmm. a separate document and linked to this because mm-hmm. it's like no, those actually weren't priorities like we got to, have to get this get some of the fluff out of the way and actually get down to what we need to focus on um with that here i'll go over kind of how it the the level 10, or like our standard meeting is structured, our weekly Perfect. meeting. Uh, so it starts off with just kind of a segue. Hey, how you doing type thing? Like we just kind mm-hmm. of catch up sometimes. It, this segue goes straight into discussing some of the issues that are going on. And we have to temper people back and put it on our actual issues list. But yep. segue is just, hey, how you doing? Like that's the only time that all five of us are in the same place at the same time mm-hmm. at any point in the week. So it's good for us to all be able to do that. Then we review our scorecard. The scorecard, one of its big roles is for us to be able to identify issues that might not quite be palpable, uh, just going through the practice on a day-to-day basis. So looking at our total uh, new patients, looking at our total visits from the previous week, looking if. Uh, we've got what our charges are. So our, our actual expected collections from the charges from the previous week, what, how much payment came in. And then I parse it out across each provider and our visits and billables and all of that kind of stuff as well. So trying to see if there are issues or trends, and that's a big thing with some of the stuff and tracking the scorecard like this is like, you have to have X amount of time to really be able to see the trends and what you expect. So that is really helpful for, Mm -hmm. for us at the higher level. And then we also have like our management team scorecard. So like, for example, my, the referral coordinator that, that works with me, uh, she's not, we're not just tracking the total number of new patients, but like for us, we're very heavy on, on MD referrals. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think last month it was like 120 referrals in the month of December, which is not a particularly busy month for us. So Mm -hmm. we're getting all of that kind of stuff built up. So we need to see like the incoming referrals, not just the new patients. So all of those leading indicators, whereas our our new patients would be a trailing indicator relative to the referrals. Mm -hmm. And obviously the total office visits is a trailing indicator also from the new patients.
0: Yeah. And let me give a definition for the audience real Go quick. Forward. Is that the, you know, like the leading indicator or the trailing indicator would be how many new patients from MDs, the leading indicator to the things that you actually do to get those referrals. Like, okay, we're meeting with MDs. We're doing this. Too many people will set a goal of five MD referrals in a month, but they do nothing to get those. And so that's the leading indicator. Just, just wanted to make sure our audience knew that.
1: Yeah, right on. So for us, the the initial couple of things in the meeting is just trying to help develop our, our IDS. It's identify, discuss, solve. That's like our actual problem solving portion of the meeting. So with that, we review our scorecard, we review our rocks. And that's like very simple. Hey man, are, are you on track or are you off track? Or do you need help with something? Yes, no. If there, if you're off track or if it's, something that you feel like you need help on, then that goes on to our list of issues to, uh, to possibly be discussed. Uh, So our proposed issues. Mm -hmm. And then we go through our to do's like, okay, I'm going to be working on a bunch of marketing plan strategy stuff today, which falls under a little bit like for, for some of our growth and development and that portion of our business plan. Like that is a part of my rock. Like, at our cave junction office, my assistant and I were just looking at some of our to do's at uh, a, a, a to do is like my assistant and I need to move the a band attachment so we can mm-hmm. get the right mirror size. Like mm-hmm. that's not a rock. That's just shit that has to get done. Just yeah. basic things that need to get done. Um, Those kinds of things were like, Oh, Hey, we have this, we made a decision at the leadership team level. I need to go, put that on my agenda to discuss with my department. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of things are to do's. It's not necessarily the higher level stuff. So checking through all of those. And then throughout the week, we also add in proposed things that we need to discuss in our issues. Now, once we go to issues, like we don't go super detailed on the notes here, because we're actually trying to focus on the discussion. So like identify the problem, discuss the problem. What's the resolution statement. Mm -hmm. Every issue on our, on our IDS here our issues that we discuss has a resolution statement and it has the person who's accountable for it. We had that issue for a long time when we were initially starting to implement traction where it'd be like, oh, shoot, no one's name got put on this resolution statement. So it didn't get done. It's like, it's just very basic things. That completely mm. derailed a function of like the practice whenever you're trying to do big growth and development. Yeah. So and that's I, that's I, our that's our primary meeting right there, man.
0: That's good, and I think a lot of people have too many open loops. You know, they talk about these issues, yeah. this and that, and the other thing, and it's not assigned, and it just becomes a bunch of open loops. And then as the leader or o- owner, you get frustrated, then you snap. Like, you know, this is a way of 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 avoiding those open loops and having closed loops. And and then when you have that next level 10 meeting, someone say, Yep, we got that mirror moved and that's all set and you cross it off and boom, don't have to worry about it anymore.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's funny because you always have like that that to-do list always seems like it's growing and expanding. Yeah. And it's that's one of the beautiful things that about like the quarterly meetings is like you're like, Oh, dude, I'm so far behind on Mm -hmm. all of these other things and this, that, and the other. And then when we sit down and we actually go through like what's happened over the last three months. We're like, shit, we actually got more accomplished than we thought we did because you just get stuck in, in that, that mode of getting things done that it, it just doesn't always feel like you're getting things done because there's always, always more Mm -hmm. to do. So it's, it's nice to have that, that step back reflection moment. Mm -hmm. And realistically, man, we need it on a three month basis for sure. (laughs) if we went six months, like we would get fried. It's like, it's nice to step back and like have our reality checks and have our decompression point. And then obviously there are points within those big discussions that, uh, get a little bit more tense and compressive when mm-hmm. we're figuring things out and we're all very passionate about what we do. So, um, if you have a good team like that, expect, expect it to get a little bit passionate at times as well. i tell people that.
0: I love it. Well, Keith, this was great, man. I really, really appreciate your, your time day on this. I, I wanted to give people a vision, you know, and they can always kind of deduct from there where they're at, if what their growth wants to be, but this is how you actually can achieve the growth that you want as, as a particular chiropractor and, and, and as a practice. So I, I appreciate your time today.
1: Yeah, man, absolutely. And I just definitely encourage people, especially business owners out there to consider if if like you have big goals and you want to grow and develop your practice like you got to bring some people on to help you with it you don't have to go it alone um mm-hmm. that's definitely like the biggest thing i will i will 100 commend scott on as being the original owner and and him bringing on you know some of these other guys as owners because we would not we would not be where we're at as a single owner practice yeah um and And we really needed a lot of the diversity and mindsets and experiences and those kinds of things that, that each person on our leadership team provides.
0: Yeah. That's a whole other great topic would be kind of how the benefits of a group practice and the trends toward that. So maybe we'll do that again. Uh,
1: Maybe that's a debate (laughs) between us and a, and a solo guy. We'll see. Yep.
0: (laughs) All right, Keith, have a great rest of your day. Yeah. You too, man. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you want to make the shift from busy, broke, and broken to time-free and cash-confident, or you just want to continue with the exponential growth, check us out at modernchiropracticmarketing.com. Look at the MCM Mastery tab, watch the short video on there, and check out what we are doing now for evidence-informed chiropractors. We are equal parts coaching and marketing done for you. Yes, you shoot some videos, we help you with campaign strategies and ideas and really become a thought leader in your community. You shoot those videos, you send them to us, we produce, edit, and brand them to you. Then we distribute them through all of your channels.